Welcome, everybody. It's time for another episode of the Shop Notes podcast. Today is episode number 26, and I'm your host, Phil Huber. I'm in the set of the Woodsmith Shop TV show. I'm joined today with one of my usuals, Mr. Logan Whitmer, and two special guests, Dylan Baker and Mark Hopkins. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about a shop update. So I think it's time to get started. This episode of the Shop Notes podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Magazine. Woodsmith Magazine has been the trusted source for all your woodworking information for over 40 years. From tips and techniques to furniture projects to shop projects, you'll find it all at Woodsmith Magazine. Subscribe today at woodsmith.com. All right, the best part about doing podcasts and coming up with uh, stuff at the very last minute is having a topic. So with Dylan and Mark on the line, I was thinking since we haven't done a Friday live in way too long, <laughs> that maybe we would have uh, Dylan and Mark kind of give us an update on what they've been up to because these two guys have been coming into the office and shop working on projects and designing stuff throughout the the quarantine period. So Dylan, Mark, when you guys want to pick it up? Start us off there, Mark. Um, well, yeah, it's been a while, so what's been going on in the shop? So, I'm not sure if everyone knows, but we tackled a bit of a crazy project, which was the, which was a little wooden boat. I'll say little, it actually was quite a monstrous project. It was 14 foot long, not monstrous in boat standards, but monstrous for our projects, because it was, it was a, it was a big deal, and plus we hadn't tackled anything like that before, so... Here's an interesting one. I was looking forward to building this for quite some time. So we, um, it's just a little plywood boat, um, and it turned out awesome. And we finally got it to, got it to test out in a, in a lake in southern Iowa. So, yeah, it worked pretty good. It floated well, which was quite a surprise for my wife. Interrogated me every day because <laughs> she was the first person to progress. <laughs> Every day, and every day she goes, I'm so paranoid it's not going to float. I'm like, come on, you're supposed to be my biggest one supporter. He's got to have faith in me. So <laughs> went down to this lake and we we tested it out and it worked awesome. And yeah, it, it, was, a, it was a great project. So, And Mark rowed me around as I fished. It was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. to row while Logan fished. Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. But... Uh, it was it was a good day out anyway. So took a few photos for the magazine and did a bit of fishing. Yeah, it was good. Well, and you had a beautiful day to do the photos too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really enjoyed the uh, contrast between the two outfits on the boat, Logan versus Mark. <laughs> well, that's what my wife said. She's like, "Why are you in like pants and a flannel, and Mark's in like a?" Uh, wide brim hat, a polo, and shorts. I was like, was, you know, is the difference between the American fishing and the European fishing? It was like right? Jay, 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 Jay Crew versus Eddie Bauer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think, Mark, the funnest part in reading through the article on the boat was considering how much epoxy is in that boat. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was marine grade plywood, but still, you still need to coat it 
with a waterproof barrier. And then you know, there were several coats of epoxy that was rolled on there. Um, and then after the fact, there was three coats of oil-based marine paint. So sure. just, just for added protection, just to make sure it doesn't sink and there's no leaks. And yeah. which there was none. So we came through pretty good on that. But Yeah. No, yeah. and I thought the paint looked really good on it. I mean, it was a... It was a lengthy process with the epoxy, but I mean, it needed to it needed to be on there. So, so yeah, it, it turned out good. So that was quite the quite the project. It was fun. Nice. Well, I think it's kind of fun to have a I don't know an unusual project to throw in there every so often because I know that you know we get we're always going to be doing projects like bookcases and tables and furniture pieces but it's nice to branch out into something else and give readers a little bit of a surprise well that's it there's a big learning curve as well i mean i've never tackled a boat project before so i was looking forward to it and yeah it was completely enjoyable to build it yeah so can't wait to build the next one there we go so dylan what have you been up to boy that's a loaded question um <laughs> you know uh we were having this conversation earlier today, um, Eric Loggy and I, about uh, we had a procedure meeting coming up for the, I believe, the uh, kitchen cart. And he entered my office and started asking me questions and kind of updating me on where he was with the, the copy for the, the article. And I kind of just looked at him blankly as if that project happened a year ago for me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was that was certainly one of them. Um, we had a we had a kitchen cart. Um, for that issue that I designed, uh, Mark ended up building that. That was um, the casework was all quarter sawn white oak, and then it had a butcher block top that was uh, hard maple, um, and then the caster. There's two casters on the front legs of it um, that were also hard maple that we um, machined ourselves. So really, the, the cool thing about this project is the only mechanical hardware on it were the hinges. Uh, we used Euro hinges, and that was just more for uh, ease of use, um, since the storage below was made for pots and pans and that sort of thing. I didn't want to run the risk of, you know, using wooden hinges on that. It just made sense to use something mechanical for that application. So um, I'm looking forward to that project coming out in issue. I think Todd uh, is in the studio today um, and then probably part of next week's shooting projects for that issue. And so that will be um, one of the ones that will be included in that. So I'll be interested to see the final shots. Um, another smaller project I did for the same issue was um, an orbital sander shelf slash storage. Um, that project was something that you brought to me, Phil. It was kind of loosely based off of an image that you had found of uh, another another person who was in the woodworking community shop had. Um, so we kind of ran with that, um, converted a little bit. The storage compartments are different. And the, the general look of it's uh, quite different as well. But um, again, it's just a plywood shop project. So not a lot of joinery. Um, it's all half inch plywood so there's consistency there um, and then there's individual drawers for your different grits of palm sanders uh, there's a little bit of uh, peg storage so it's it's modeled modeled off more or less a, a shaker design so it's got uh, pegs and mushroom knobs on it the pegs are were included in that so you could hang um, uh, belt sander belts on there yeah. and then it, there's also it's long enough to store a, a belt sander as well on it but um, certainly 
the lot of projects that we do, you know, we have kind of subject matter in mind, but um, we always love to see other people, you know, kind of reinvent what we've created here or, or end up using it for some other application within their shop. So that, you know, our projects aren't limited in that aspect. So, yeah, um, those were the two that were for that issue, which I believe was 251, perhaps. Yeah. Yep. Um, I just finished up modeling a uh, what we had initially deemed as a gearbox. Again, we keep our our uh, our titles relatively ambiguous because things are always subject to change. Um, but I ended up modeling it after a, a, an old sea chest. So it's oh. got an angled front and back. So you've got uh, box joints at an angle, about a five degree angle. Um, that's going to be Painted southern yellow pine. Pine. There'll be a skirt and a couple of battens. So the construction is very traditional and uh, to that specific piece, um, but we've converted it so that it is again a more a little more applicable to to woodworking. And again, we 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 leave the interior. Um, we don't. At least I try to avoid from over engineering the interior of a tool chest, just because everyone is, uh, you know everyone has their own methods of woodworking and what tools they use most. So that's completely up to their own discretion as to what they put in it. So we kind of, again, trying to keep the, not only the, the titles ambiguous, but sometimes the use ambiguous as well. So um, I'm looking forward to that. I think Steve is going to be the, the man um, behind the job on that for the construction and he'll get started on that next week sometime. Um, and then I am in the process of, finishing modeling another project, but this one is going to be for popular woodworking. Um, we had a, there's a, a, a well-known book called the Shaker Legacy. Some people may or not, may not know that's a Christian Bexfort book um, where he has kind of gone through all of the um, photo archives of old Shaker villages on, out on the East Coast and some that have inevitably um, spread into the Midwest and Ohio River Valley. Um, but it's just basically a collection of uh, shaker images and a little description of what they are, what they are used for, you know, dimensions and that sort of thing. But the interesting thing about this project is it's a daybed and there really isn't such thing as a shaker daybed. And it's a very rare form of uh, conversion furniture. So it's something that started off as a bed and then got converted into a sofa. Um, and there's only one image and it happens to be in that book. And, uh, I've been, <laughs> I've actually been back and forth with Christian, uh, via email, just trying to get specifics from him to try and, you know, get a little bit of Intel as to, you know, how, how this thing needs to be constructed outside of what I can see in the image. And, um, he didn't really have a whole lot for me. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, <laughs> It's it's been rather difficult, but it's a project that's fast approaching, and I'll be do the, doing the editorial for. But we'll start shooting that next Thursday, so I've given myself about one week to build the project, which is just you know grand. Um, but uh, yeah, but that's all this the stuff that uh, from a project perspective that I've been working on. There's been some modeling of some old projects and doing drawings and that sort of thing to kind of uh, you know keep things updated for our plans now or whether they're free or for purchase, but cool. Yeah. And then Mark, you're working on uh, some bandsaw boxes now that the card's done. Huh? Yeah. So after the boat got completed, I went on to, well, I said, I wanted to build something that's a little bit smaller than a boat. So, <laughs> small project. So I'm still 
designer kitchen cat, so that was a that was a bit of a step down, quite a bit of a step down. So I built the kitchen cat and didn't physically explain how that was constructed. And then now I'm working on some bandsaw boxes. So I've gone from huge project to now tiny little six inch by three inch bandsaw boxes, which is which is quite a difference, which is going to be quite nice. So we have a, a couple of lidded boxes, one with a hinge, and then one with a couple of drawers. Oh. So I'm just getting started on those guys. So that's where I'm at with that. So um, I think they're going to be um, several different species, um, walnut, um, maple, and I think the maple is going to be maple and Baltic birch plywood sandwich in between them. And then uh, what was the other one? Cherry. Hmm. No, cherry and Baltic birch, sorry. Yeah, cherry and Baltic birch, and there's a maple one and a, and a walnut one. So three different contrasting words. So it'll be nice. Yeah. Logan, you're the editor on that one, right? Sure yeah. am. <laughs> I'm also supposed to be supplying the uh, uh, air dried walnut for Mark, and I keep forgetting to bring it in for him. <laughs> yeah, he he. I saw he had some glued up this morning, and I was like, "Oh crap! I forgot to bring in that board for him." So I'm gonna have to get him in that board uh, today or probably tomorrow. So. I'll right. go put it in my truck right after this <laughs> and hope it doesn't rain tonight. <laughs> what could go wrong? Well, they've only been yep. threatening rain here for the past few days, and then we don't hardly get anything. And... I know, right? So, yeah. And then, Mark, you got a kind of a fun uh, lunchtime project that you've been working on. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, actually... This, this particular project just popped up on my Instagram feed. And I thought, well, that's, that's a pretty, pretty cool idea. So as a pool owner, um, this particular thing was a floating putting green for a swimming pool. As an avid offer as well. So this, it was, what was advertised was quite expensive. I'm, like, I'm sure I could make one myself. Some regular insulation foam board, and so you can get um, some outdoor green carpet. So that's what I did when I got a six foot by six foot piece of outdoor carpet <laughs> foam board. Then shaping the um, foam board, and carpet glued this green carpet to the foam board. So then next step is to put a little putting in and a hole in the middle of this construction and <laughs> set it afloat and then come 4th of July when I'm having a few people over we'll uh, use it as a little practice chipping green so yeah sort of a fun little project but woodworking going into it but either way it's a fun little lunchtime project that I've been working on are the so, ball see how it works Hopefully this one does float. So, yeah, it's fun. I'll keep you updated with uh, 
the project. I say the uh, it's it's for the uh, I know Mark's uh, mic is cutting in and out a little bit, so hopefully people can hear what he's saying. But it's a putty green, right? Or it's putty green that floats in his pool, and yeah. he's building it for the Fourth of July, that good old traditional English holiday. <laughs> is that like a sore spot across the pond just asking for a friend <laughs> well, all the we open again in England on the 4th of July so everyone's going to be celebrating the 4th of July oh sure that's funny we just won't be celebrating together because we're no longer allowed in Europe right now that's right <laughs> They're still bitter about the Fourth of July. So, yeah. so, so, Mark, on the uh, the putting green, are the uh, the balls that are used? Are they like a, a wiffle ball that have uh, uh, Velcro around them, and that's how they adhere once you chip onto the green, or how does that work? No, they're just um, they're actually just small, not just plastic plastic golf balls, ping pong balls. They float, right? Yeah, they yeah, would. They would going to be real bouncing because I can just see it. people landing their shots on the green and it bouncing off and where so it's going to be crawling out of basically. There's, there's, no la- there's no landing on the green. It's just in the hole. That's all right. it is. Hole in one or nothing. Yep. All right, Logan. We heard from Dylan on what he's been working on and Mark. What do you got? What's your project? Um, so my project, hold on, let me see that again is uh i am still i am fighting this flipping bronze like no other so uh this issue coming up we are doing a english minor plane this guy right here so we're making one of these guys right uh and this is my prototype out of bra- uh, brass so i've been still working on the bronze one. uh same thing as last week so I have my my bridge piece done. I don't know if you can see that nice little oh, yeah. pretty Cupid's bow on there. Cupid's bow on there. Yep. Uh, I have the body done. That has a bunch of little dovetails cut on it. And currently, I say currently for the last like four days, I have been working on the mortises for the bridge. I don't see those. It's like a mask. Oh yeah. Um, and the Cupid's bow bridge will fit inside there and go through those mortises. Kind of like that. If you can see that, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, in the brass, when I did this in the brass, it was fairly easy. You drill a hole. Okay. Where the mortise is. And then I used my coping saw or my fret saw. Sure. So, so this is my new concepts fret saw, and I could basically saw to the corner and then use a tiny little diamond file like this guy uh, to square them up. Okay, it works beautifully. The bronze is significantly harder. Um, my fret saw blade is right here. It was under my keyboard. It is broken twain. Uh, it is... <laughs> It broke, and I'm out of fret saw blades. So I have switched over, uh, and I am no longer sawing them with the fret saw. Instead, I am sawing them with my coping saw. 
Uh, I can't get the blade back in there right now. There we go. So I am sawing them with the coping saw, with a regular old coping saw blade. And surprisingly, it works pretty freaking well. Um, the, the bronze is hard, uh, and you have to go slow to, to cut the, the shape out. But it goes okay. Um, I did discover it works a lot better. Uh, I don't know where that file went. Oh, yeah, right here. Works a lot better if you use a small, um, so this is like a small saw file, okay? So it would be like a triangular slim paper file. Sure. Uh, but I've modified it. So I took and spent a couple uh, intimate minutes with the bench grinder, and I ground it off so that it would fit right in those mortises. Um, and this seems to work a lot better. Um, I did also try, uh, it's over there. I, I also tried, because it's it's bronze, it's it's hard, it's still non-ferrous metal, it's fairly soft. I tried to use a eighth inch mortise chisel that I have to pound these out. It works beautifully. Right. You sharpen every hit. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it worked well for one of them, but then I decided I would basically eat through my entire mortise chisel if I did that. So I stopped doing that, and then I've resorted back to, to slow go filing. So I'm hoping um, this afternoon I'm going to get these fit completely. And once those are fit, I can cut the front dovetails, and I can bend this. And that is, at that point, uh, the majority of the work done. The sole is significantly easier to do that, in my opinion. So uh, once I get that done... Um, you know, it'll be onto the sole and then the infills. Um, and I'm hoping to have this done to shoot it next week. So that is my goal. So the clock's ticking. Clock is ticking on it. Um, I I uh, was expecting it to take the same amount of time as this brass one. Not the case. <laughs> the, the bronze is beautiful. And I think just my initial workings with it. I think it is going to peen so much easier. This brass was kind of, I don't want to call the brass flaky, um, but the brass, as we're peening it, it can crack. I don't yeah. know if you ever ran into that. Um, the brass can crack as you're peening it. The bronze does not. The bronze is much stickier. It's much more ductile. Um, you can, you can, it's malleable. You can pound it out uh, pretty thin, I think. Uh, so I think it's going to peen it significantly easier. Um, which is one of the hard parts, getting those dovetails to close up and look good. Right. Uh, so I think from that standpoint, this will work much better. Uh, but it just takes, uh, it's taking a lot longer to do the bond I was expecting. So that has been my project, uh, aside from building an English workbench this morning on our TV show. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have, you've got an, have an English theme going here now. I do. I'm going to have to start like, Drinking Earl Grey and, you know, <laughs> take lessons from our resident Brit. There you go. <laughs> you hang up your uh, Margaret Thatcher poster in the background when you're done with that workbench. So, Logan, I guess two questions, two different yeah. topics. Uh, the uh, hand planes for the brass and the um, bronze, are you... I'm assuming you're not. They're not cold formed. You have to apply heat to them to bend them around no, the sole. Nope, they're cold formed. Are they? Okay. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I used um, 
so this is a bending block. Okay. So this is basically the, the shape of the inside of the plane. And I will clamp this in my vise with the bronze, just like that, right? Okay. I can't and see you, so I'll just have I to take you at your oh, word. Yeah. Oh, you can go back and watch it on YouTube later. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, you, so I have a bending block that I will clamp this in the vise with, and then I'll okay. bend it around. Um, I did anneal this, uh, so this will bend pretty easily. So it's not terrible. Cool. Um, I guess the only other comment I had was, how did the uh, um, the chop go this morning when you guys were filming? Seemed oh, wait, uh, I think I, I got it all installed, and I turned the handle a couple times, and I yelled, holy crap, it worked! <laughs> uh, it, actually, it actually went together really well. Um, those Lake Erie Toolworks screws are beautiful. I yeah, mean, we all they are. We were all like, you know, caressing them when they first arrived because uh, they're hard maple. They're so silky smooth and polished. Uh, they have to be CNC cut, right? I mean, they're yeah. Yeah, so got, I don't talk to them. They are. Um, yeah, they've got yeah, a rot rotary was, attachment for those to turn the uh, the threads on yeah. the screw. Yep. Um, but yeah, it went together really well. It works fantastic. Uh, the in and out motion on it, super super nice. Um, I think we'll have to get a oil applied to that bench, or maybe we'll do a uh, video for video edition on it. So yeah, and then my only other uh, another thing I've been doing, I picked up a bunch of trees last weekend. I, not a bunch. I picked up a cherry tree, a super. What I'm going to title of the YouTube video, call it "Click Make You On," killing a super rare cherry tree. Now, it's not super rare. We have a lot of cherries in Iowa. It's just that this one is like, I mean, it's like 30 inches in diameter. And we don't get cherry trees that big here in Iowa. It's very regular um, because they turn hollow and ants get into them. Mm -hmm. So I picked up uh, a cherry tree this weekend. And I also picked up a uh, red elm, which is mm. very cool. I mean, I have, I have a lot of elms on my property, but they're all uh, the Siberian elms so they're very pale not very nice looking mm -hmm. and when i uh when i told this arborist i would go pick up the, the trunk for him uh i was kind of doing it more as like a favor like hey you know you've been giving me some really nice trees so yeah i'll go take care of this trunk for you so you guys don't have to go back and cut it up and stuff um i asked him if it was a, a chinese or a siberian or a red elm and he said oh, i think it's a chinese elm and when i got there i was like oh Nope, it's a red elm, and it's beautiful. I'm I'm super excited. I'm hoping we can get our film crew out to, to video the cutting of it because it's a really cool. The trunk looks like somebody grabbed both ends and just twisted it. So I think it'll be some really cool figure in it and stuff. And I'm excited to cut it. It's kind of yeah. a weird shape. It's like a it's like an oval cross section. So it's it's. I'm afraid there might be some metal in it, but that makes for better video. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. A little bit yeah. of, little bit of mishap in there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, Phil. All right. I'm uh, working on my radio cabinet rehab. I got the case all put back together, and now it's just a matter of uh, trimming down the grill work on the front into two doors, and edging those and getting those put in. Uh, it's kind of a chase your tail kind of moment because 
I need to trim down the doors to see how big they are, but I also need to remember that I got to edge the doors with some banding around there. So trying not to cut them down too small and coming up with a backer material for the doors so that they're a little thicker. Cause right now they're just quarter inch. Um, and then behind the grill work, I think I want to do some, uh, plexiglass panels, but, uh, sand them so that it's kind of, uh, obscured frosted. or frosted looking yeah yeah so was that a uh, a refurb project or is this something that was built from scratch no it's a refurb it was it was sitting in my grandma's house for the longest time one of my uncles years and years ago after the radio part of it had died mm -hmm. had gutted it and then basically covered the grill work with contact paper <laughs> and that became the back of the cabinet and then added a shelf in the middle. And I always knew it as the National Geographic cabinet because it just had like, you know, like 30 years of National Geographic's stored in it. So yeah. um, I got it and have wanted to once I found out that it was an old radio cabinet, wanted to fix it up somehow and kind of recognize that history of that of that cabinet. So I, um, put some veneer on the, the, what I'm going to call the doors that grill work. Uh, I had some walnut burl veneer that I'm, that I'm using. So mm -hmm. that was the, the grills you had in the shop a while back, right? You applied, you said the burl. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So because of the quarantine, I've been kind of stalled out on it cause I haven't gotten the backer material for the doors and that kind of thing. But, but I did, uh, stripped down the finish on the casework and put a new stain on it um, and got that cleaned up. So that part is all finished and done. It's now I'm just onto the, onto the doors. So hopefully within the next couple of weeks, I can get it done. I keep thinking that I'm going to get more time, but uh, with everybody home, there's just not as much time as I thought. So. Yeah. Oh, but I tell you what, daycare opens up next week in Iowa. I know our cases are spiking again, but it will be nice to get some work done. <laughs> well, isn't your daycare just your mom? Uh, no, they, well, it was, yes. Uh, but they moved back to Cedar Rapids oh. kind of at the beginning of this whole thing. So it's like, I didn't even get much benefit of having daycare while we were <laughs> from home thing. So, yep. So. Yeah. Fun times. All right. I don't have any comments or questions from this one. There's, um, so I guess we'll just wrap this up here. Okay. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the shop notes podcast. Uh, once again, if you would mind giving us, uh, sending us any of your questions or comments or feedback, smart remarks based on this podcast or other ones, we'd love to hear from you. You can check out the show notes page on woodsmith.com slash podcast. And you can also watch the video of this or you can see Logan's hand plane and its progress. And on the show notes page, we'll include photos of some of the projects that we were talking about. Uh, also, if you wouldn't mind giving us a review and a rating wherever you're listening to your podcast so that we can get uh, the shop notes podcast in front of more woodworkers like you. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time on the Shop Notes Podcast. 
This episode of the Shop Notes podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith Plans. You'll find nearly a thousand plans covering everything that you'd want to build. From furniture projects to gift projects, kitchen accessories, workshop projects and jigs, and more. Find your next project at woodsmithplans.com.